Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Got it. Oh, got it. Hello, and welcome okay. back to an episode of Out of Line. We are joined. This is Annie and Candice is here too. We're joined today by Bria Bloom from the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. Um, Bria, give us a short introduction of who you are. Was it you, Annie, who was telling me you hate writing bios about who you are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate saying them because I never know which piece to grab onto. Um, but I know how do you boil I, yourself down to a few sentences? Right, so exactly. But I always ask people the same thing, so I appreciate <laughs> it too. Um, yeah, I'm the director at the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. Always feels weird to say director and self-directed in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep saying it. Um, and I also run, have run a flying squad here in Portland. Um, have two kids, one's 12 so into the teen ish years and one is 11 months so very opposite sides of development and what they need from us right now um and I growing up I was also an unschooler although we didn't really have or claim that term till later what I did was very aligned so you have that lifelong feeling and experience of unschooling and SDE kind of in my life and in me yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And I love um, that you're here to talk about um, a few things. But one of the things that we um, can say started this podcast, because we thought it would be really fun to share um, our process as we are de-schooling and coming out of, you know, nearly 20 years each in a very conventional education world or more conventional, definitely. Um, and going into self-directed education. And at least one of the two of us didn't even know <laughs> what we were doing and didn't know that was what it was. I won't say who, me. Um, <laughs> but it took us a while to kind of get comfortable with different terms and different definitions. And we're definitely still getting comfortable. And sometimes um, I do think that language really matters and is very important to what we do. And at the same time, I think sometimes people get bogged down in semantics and definitions and get too nitpicky. It can go both ways. Um, I think in order to speak the same language, it's really helpful to have some terms out there for the things that we're doing. I know I was often uncomfortable with the term unschooling because the unschooling I was familiar with at the time was um, very much privileged people letting their kids just kind of, I think I always say swing from the rafters. Um, and I didn't want to be part of that, but I was interested in the self-directed piece. And then we came across, I think the first definition that felt good to both of us, Candace was actually on the, um, so Alliance for Self-Directed Education gets often shortened to ASD. So that's what we're referring to ASD on the ASD website. I think it was Fran Liberatory had a blog post that, um, to find it somewhere on there that we kind of felt really comfortable with. And then through other various, probably mostly things, um, conferences and such hosted webinars, things like that hosted by ASD, 
we've gotten more comfortable with the idea and the concept and the language. Um, but a few weeks back, a few months back, you shared a really clarifying post to kind of how the term came to be and um, what it what each word means to kind of clarify the importance of that definition. Um, I actually should have it in front of me, but I don't, but maybe you do <laughs> and could share that with us. I do. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Sure. Yeah. It is on Instagram, so I'm reading slides. Um, let's discuss the term self-directed education. First, no term is going to be perfect. Language is subjective and nuanced and personal and flawed. One of the most common concerns with the term self-directed education is that it can sound like learning only happens individually and not in part of a community or in relationship. That is not the intention of self-directed. All that means is that the person themselves chooses what they do. It can be classes, YouTube videos, playing, conversations, finding a teacher, finding a group with similar interests, etc. But in no way does it mean that learning only happens on an individualistic level by yourself. With this term, we also re-envision how we think of the word education. We're typically used to hearing education linked with schooling and the ways learning shows up in schooling, um, parentheses, memorization, rote learning, etc. In self-directed education, the definition we use for education is education is the sum of everything a person learns that supports them towards living a satisfying and meaningful life. It really has nothing to do with school. With all of that in mind, we still recognize no term will be perfect. What thoughts come up for you when you think about the term self-directed education, what resonates and what doesn't? Oh, thank you for sharing. Um, I love the thought-provoking questions you added in there. Um, and then for anyone who wants a reminder, so the definition is education is the sum of everything a person learns that supports them towards living a satisfying and meaningful life. Candice, what was your first experience with unschooling and self-directed as terms? Yeah, I had never thought about it as what Bria said in the beginning about um, it being just for the self and that you can think of it that way. But I see why people would think of it that way and kind of misconstrue that definition. Um, I just always took it as it's directed by the self. But the biggest part for me and when we started our community was the community part, right? That we're doing it in community and with the thought of others on our mind and how we can be in community. And I think that's like the biggest part to separate from, you know, the uh, unschooling that you had mentioned in the beginning. Hmm. Yeah. And I think um, that's funny because I also never really thought about it as like an individualistic approach, but I could see that there's a self in there and other people take it different ways. And I think now that we've been operating for a few years, we've seen people who do approach it with that, right? Like a, a strong sense of self, like they're there to better their child and improve their chances in this world. And that's their only agenda. Um, and they're kind of taken aback at our centering of community and relationship. Um, 
And so this is like one of those examples where we talk about sometimes you say the same words, but you're not really meaning the same thing. Um, but yeah, so, so definitely in community, I think the other thing we have come across in our practice a lot with the word self-directed is, um, there are some assumptions to other programs that are self-paced or self parts of it are self-chosen or, and they'll say, oh, so you're just like a, the term we hear the most is Montessori, um, or you're just like a Acton, or you're just like a learning center or, you know, places that maybe have put the child in a more central role in some of it, but aren't necessarily, I mean, they're not self-directed. Um, and so that's usually when the Montessori question comes up, I think we usually, that's a fairly easy conversation for us at this point, because we just say, well, they're self-paced, not self-directed. Um, and while there might be some elements of some self-direction, they're not choosing what they're working on. And it's very much a prescribed curriculum. Yeah, there's so much here. I think I had like 20 different thoughts in the last few minutes of talking about this, but I I think people have some similar feelings about how unschooling plays out. And I don't actually think it's the term that is causing us to have assumptions. I think it's our own reactions, worries, what we want, what we don't want. Like if you really don't want something to be individualistic or you really want it to be individualistic, maybe self-directed sounds individualistic to you. Um, but unschooling also has those same flavors of people really wanting to center only their kid or only themselves. So I, yeah, I don't actually think it's an issue with the term. I think it's something that's people in the movement interpret what we're doing differently. And that's going to be true with any movement because people want different things out of the world and we can unify around values for the most part, but you're still going to have people wanting it for different reasons. And I don't know how much language can actually affect or change that. Do you think self-directed education can be done at an individual level? I mean, I don't think humans can live their best lives on individual <laughs> level, personally. <laughs> um, and I, lady with the newborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't think we want to be in isolation. I There's, you know, introverts and extroverts and spectrums of how much people want to be around each other. And I respect that. But I think in terms of living, we need each other in many ways. and. Yeah, I just wouldn't, I don't think living can be individualistic. So therefore, I don't think SDE can. Um, and just quickly, SDE is just the shorthand for self-directed education. But I also, for me, SDE just is living and so is unschooling. So if we're talking about terms, that's another, I think we've talked about this maybe before, Annie, that we would love to get to the point where you can just say living and everyone knows what that means, but right now they don't. So you kind of need this like bridge between understanding that school isn't what education is. Um, but people aren't quite, quite ready to accept that living is what education is. So we need some sort of bridge to talk about it. And I think that's where SDE is coming in and filling that gap. Yeah. That living is what education is, right? Like that's, that's, I think, 
the biggest hang up for most people um, is that that piece that it has nothing to do with school. School is a place that maybe some learning happens <laughs> because we're always learning, right? Like, so whether or not you're a good student or a bad student, you're learning something from your experience in school. Um, but yeah, that, that living is, is you're always learning. And so you don't need to separate it into that learning happens in this space or that space, or you're a learner. I'm a teacher. Like I'm, I'm learning just as much. And I'm, you know, my role in our SDE center is to facilitate the learning of others by making it easier, by giving them access to things they maybe wouldn't have by providing a safe environment for them to feel comfortable and safe to learn those kinds of things. Um, but learning of what they're choosing, right. And sometimes as conventional educators, that's been hard for us to shed is that expectation piece. Um, and then also, I think figuring out how to make community work because you, that's not ever something that was addressed like in the classroom. I mean, it is on a superficial level. Like you talk about, um, like you mentioned values, like th those things come up in classroom conversations. And I'm, I'm not saying that like classroom teachers who are in conventional schools don't talk about community, but not in an authentic way where they're letting messiness happen, where they're letting conflict happen, where they're letting um, you realize as a person who's in their environment to learn with the purpose of learning, right? That um, that kind of conflict is also there to support them on their path to a fulfilling and satisfying and meaningful life um, because it doesn't feel good to us not to like be able to control the narrative of, of our classrooms as teachers, right? I don't know, Candace, what do you think? You were nodding there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where um, we see that like individualism come out at times is the messiness of actually being in a community that it's not always perfect and that there is going to be disagreements the space is going to be messy things are going to move slower maybe than we would expect and then that comes out sometimes where people think well this isn't I don't see how this is directly um like helping my child right or I don't see how this is improving my child's life and then that's where that comes in and it's like it's I don't see how it's improving my child's life based on the expectations I'm holding that have been provided to me for years of years and years of being exposed to school right like that's the caveat part that yes. they're, they're forgetting to take a look at and it's hard it's it's hard to really look at yourself and I don't even think I had imagined that we talked to Ben and Genevieve this spring when they were like getting ready to launch their campaign um, for learning and lib. And, and um, I had like, I think they were the first people that were like, can you really imagine life without school? And I was like, wait, I don't think I've ever actually stopped to imagine like, what if there really were no schools for anybody and what would life look like? And I mean, I've, I've talked about it a little bit and imagine that loud. And Bria, I know you and I were just talking about how summer, like I have a summer because I run this program and, and we run on a mainly academic school year kind of calendar. And so for me, it's like 
hit the ground running in summer and see all the people and do all the things. And it's exhausting. And I want to like get to the point where it's not cram everything into summer because it's just the way we live. And I can travel with my kids throughout the year and I can, you know, don't have to squeeze these experiences into a few months. Yeah. It's interesting what you're saying, Candice, about I don't see how this is helping my kid. Because for me, when I think about my own life and I watch Raiden, who's my older kid, and listen to other unschoolers and see communities, just like in all those experiences, what seems to be the most important to people is their social relationships and their community and conflict engagement and all of that. And I was just listening to a podcast of Sari and Becca's um, where they had Ophelia on and they're, I think they're almost grown young adult unschooler. And they were saying life is all about connection for me. Um, And that's what it's about. I'm like, yeah, life is all about connection for me. And I'm not saying everyone has to feel this way, um, but I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people's lives is about connection uh, in a bunch of different ways, even when that's only with one or two people or their nuclear family or however it looks for them. So for me, like that is what the work, (laughs) what we're learning and what we're really pushing on all the time. Um, And it is the work of what you need to learn to actually be successful. If we're talking about even conventional success in the world, you need to be able to relate to people you need to know yourself too. I guess that's the independent part. You need to know yourself and have confidence in yourself and figure out what your needs are. I think that's really important too. Um, and be able to separate that from what people are asking of you so you can stand up for yourself when you need to. But you also need to know how to communicate. And that's true in pretty much all the jobs we do, all the living we do, navigating a grocery store, like everything has us communicating with people. And for me, that's what you need to know to live in this world. So it's way more important in my mind than what's going on in schools with curriculum. But we just don't have that script. We just need to like flip the script for people because they're so used to. I I don't know. I find it so odd. I don't remember who asked me something the other day. They were like, what about if you're not prepared for life because you don't have academics or whatever? And I just, why do we think these prepare us for life? I just can't (laughs) figure it out. I know I'm in a bubble, but like in what world do we think these tests and papers and homework that we all forget most of the time prepare us for life? Like what, how is it possible we think that's life's work? I don't understand anymore. (laughs) Again, I know I'm in a bubble, but I just don't comprehend anymore. I went on a tangent. No, I think that's the thing that like, it's confusing. It's like, I think um, for so many of us, like we, those of us who are engaged in this, like, I don't feel like a radical person. I am not a very radical person. I live in a house with a husband. We're both cis het. We've got two boys. Like we play baseball in the yard. Like our life is very normal, right? Like I'm not a radical person in my head. And then I start talking to people and like, you can just see their faces shifting of like, what a radical concept and like, how will they learn and how will they know their place in the world? And like, that's really what it comes down to. And 
I don't know. I think we've all just been so brainwashed of like, you won't ever learn math if somebody doesn't make you is kind of the bottom line for so many people. And now um, living it and like seeing it and my own kids and the kids I work with and being like, oh yeah, they're going to learn the math that they need to learn to live their life because they're humans. But yeah, going back to the connection piece too. I mean, you see it like in babies, right? Like we're, we come out, that's the one thing we're seeking connection with the people around us, with the world around us, with the things in the world around us. Um, so that connection piece is so huge. And that's what we actually are losing more and more in conventional schools. And not that it's a, a this versus that conversation, but just in that definition, I think, um, like you said, like you have to know yourself. And I think that there are so many ways that we've disconnected from the self so early in life and that we, we become conditioned to be okay with it. Right. Like, because somebody else always knows better for you, whether it's what you're eating, you know, like how will they ever eat vegetables if you don't make them or whatever the conversation is, or how will they ever learn math if we don't make them? Um, it automatically, automatically takes your sense of self out. I, I didn't know how to eat lunch. And when I finally like was home without a job and like, I had always, I realized at the age of like 37, I didn't know how to eat lunch because I had always been in school. And then I always had a job. Like I always had a lunch break. I always was like told when to eat. And so without somebody telling me when to eat, I forgot. <laughs> I didn't know how to. <laughs> wow. You know, just like I had been so disconnected from myself. And I think Candace and I, um, and we've shared a little on this show, but like have each had major personal shifts and and have learned major things about our own brains and how they work just through this process of stepping away from the conventional system and being like, wait, what do I like to do? What am I like? How does my brain work? <laughs> Candace, you were nodding earlier too about the connection piece. And um, I am totally blanking. I'm sorry, Becca's um, podcast name. Can somebody remind me? Radical Learning Talks. Thank you. Yes. Radical Learning Talks. So um, go listen. They've got really great conversations over there too. Um, what about the connection piece? Candace hit home with you. I had, I had it. <laughs> I lost it. It'll come back. Oh, I was nodding because I think, I think the one, one thing is that, and I've said this to you before, Annie, is that, you know, we're, we're part of the, you know, in our learning community, we're, we're part of that community every day. We see the young people every day and people from the outside don't see it. And I think it's so much easier once you see it, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. And, and see it from an observer's point of view without needing to change it. Right. Like, um, and, and I think, um, that's been hard for us to navigate too. how much of it we want to share in our first couple of years, we shared, you know, daily Instagram stories about the 10 million things that were happening in our center that day. And it was so hard to deny, the learning. Right. And I think for us, it was important as a new center to really establish, like highlight these special moments of learning that make parents feel really comforted because we're not sending art home and we're not sending letter practice sheets home. So they're at least getting a glimpse 
and this is a conversation for another day we've talked about before too, like we almost feel owed to know what's going on in our kids' lives when we're not with them, but you've chosen to send them away from the home. You're kind of choosing to not be part of their every moment of every day. But anyways, um, I digress, but yeah, like, and then this year we really pulled back on that because we talked a lot about consent and safety and pictures of kids online and whose business is it, what they're doing during the day and autonomy and, um, and almost immediately, I think families were kind of like, Hey, just a second, what's happening. So we do share more privately now and, and try and keep some of that conversation going through like what we're doing and showing what we're doing. But I think it helped us a lot, take the responsibility away because that is the whole point. Like learning is living and everything we're doing in our center, we're doing in order for each individual in that center to have a more meaningful and satisfying life. And I think to me, that's why I really love as these definition is something I come back to often and kind of keeps me um, on track with this work. And I think it is important to have a common language and this term was created how many years ago, Bria? eight seven eight okay it's not that old and I wasn't there um so I like people to remind people when I <laughs> talk about the history and what happened it's not I wasn't there I just it wasn't your definition it's yeah it's not my definition I only know the arguments and discussions from what people have told me um but I try to share that as openly as I can I mean ASDI is not trying to be quiet about their decisions or and it's not just about ASD either which is why I ask those questions in the end like what resonates with you and what doesn't um on those slides because if we were we did actually have this conversation recently if we were to change the term we wouldn't change the term internally as a team it would be mm. as a movement we'd need to involve as many people as possible to figure out if that is even needed and how and why and what it would look like because it's not we don't own the term anymore I mean we never did but like ASDI kind of invented it and then put it out in the world and now it's the movement's language and it's not actually ours to change or claim or decide on um there's some gatekeeping that has to happen in a movement saying like oh but this isn't Montessori, like you get to self-pace or you get to choose out of five classes, but you have to do classes like that's not self-directed. So the movement has to kind of hold some of that. And I know it's gatekeepy, but without that, then we're not actually defined as anything. We're not in any of our values because then we're just everything and we're mm -hmm. just, we could be anything and it doesn't like SD wouldn't mean anything anymore without some sort of hold on keeping gates, but they're not just as these to hold. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some, as somebody who's new, like I said, like I, I I'm going to claim that for the, forever for the rest of my life, by the way, I'm new to it. <laughs> You're going to be new forever. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, like it has like allowed okay. me to ask questions that other people like no answers to, or have this, like, you know, like there are big feelings associated with many of these things for, for, for so many people engaged in the movement. And I'm like, man, I'm new. I'm going to just ask like, what's that mean? Who came up with that term? Um, because some of it is really confusing to me. And some of it right now, especially it feels like there are some new terms popping up and people trying to create terms for terms that already exist. And 
while, like you said at the beginning, language is not perfect and there's no term that's going to encompass everyone's impression of what they're doing here. But I also, as the movement is growing and as we're seeing more and more families leave conventional school behind, I think it's important. And I think it's important to hold really tightly in, in my opinion, again, as a newbie, <laughs> I think it's important to hold tightly to the fact that it is, um, it's not, I don't know. I think sometimes some of the other terms get a little bit too focused on academic success in some way and still about like my personal um, accomplishments. And I think to me, that's where like what, what has been the biggest aha in these first few years of being engaged in it is it's not about what it gets you to accomplish later in life. It's about living right now and learning what you want to learn for right now, because your life is just as valid now as it will be when you're 18 or 21 and entering the workforce or whatever, put in quotes. Um, so yeah, it, it's not like an, an end to a mean, a means to an end, right? Like this is, this is it. This is life. We're living it. And uh, so what, what continues to sustain you and support you to have a meaningful life is what's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't take it personally or as like an attack on ASD when new terms pop up, if something resonates with you, that's what you should use. I do think that when new organizations try and make a term and they want it to take over, I have some questions Um, because self-directed education, the term was kind of made to fill a hole in the founder's mind because you had unschooling, you had world schooling, you had ALCs, and there wasn't like an umbrella that defined what everyone was doing. Um, So making an umbrella term felt important because then you can all own it together and it helps see how cohesive, like we are all doing the same things under the same values, even if they look different ways. Mm -hmm. And now that that term does exist, trying to make like for other organizations to try and make up a new one just to replace self-directed education. I just don't understand why, um, unless they've engaged with the community and the community is like, we want this. And then they talk to us. Like that's a different thing if it's this collaborative effort, but it, I don't know. It's almost like this egotistical thing. Like you, you, we don't need our term to be the term, but people are using it. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why another term would need to be the term. Um, but I still don't mind if people just use whatever works for them. And if the community rises up and says, we need something new, great. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. But the competing for, I don't know, the hierarchy of terms is weird to me. I don't know if I'm expressing myself. No, well, I, I totally am hearing you. And I feel like, so that's interesting. So you said you on that post, I mean, I think you led with a question, right? Like, did you get some feedback from people who are um, looking with? looking for something different as you get feedback on people being like, yeah, this never hit home for me because, or any specifics. I navigated away from it. For some oh, time. you're fine. Again. Um, I think I have it up now. You too, commented. Like one of the <laughs> comments maybe. So uh, yeah. I mean- A couple people said 
that it's helpful to have context, but there was no discussion on this post about the term. And I've had discussion about the term in other places. I can't remember if it was public or private, so I won't share it right Mm -hmm. now, but I've had feedback on how it sounds. Um, And a lot of that I really respect. And people are like, this is why I say this thing. I'm like, great. I'm going to use that too sometimes. But yeah, so I've heard that. So I was kind of looking for those things to come out, but they didn't on this post, which is interesting. We can blame. Except for Anthony. Let's just say that was I. Yeah, well, thanks. This was a really good conversation. I've already thought of like 10 different ways we could keep talking about it, but in in, in the um, notion of time is important and I over talk anyways, but um, I mean, and I think it is important again to, to reiterate that it can happen anywhere. And I think that's been one of the things I've really been trying to wrap my head around is there are people who are in public school or conventional school who consider themselves to be engaged in SDE. And that is something that's been a really interesting concept for me to explore. Um, because as I had my own kids in, in public school for the first few years of this, um, of our learning center being open and thinking about how I approached it in a very SDE way of like, we chose whether or not to do homework or, you know, like, so some of it, some of the things that come with school that don't always seem optional, we made optional in our household. Um, even attending, like if there was a day when my kids couldn't attend, whether it was physical health or mental health or emotional health that needed some time to heal, we took that time. And it wasn't like, you know, I'd, I'd get letters home from the truancy office, but I mean, I had a healthy kid and that was what was important. Um, well, thanks Bria for coming on. Candace, any closing thoughts on self-directed education as a term or terms that in general? community yeah we could talk a lot about that (laughs) i'll stop here (laughs) awesome thanks bria on the um vawasai (laughs) (laughs) the vawasai could be its whole own entire episode yeah you might have to get antonio and anthony on here but it's a joke but it's a very poignant joke because i think it points out that nothing is like no language is going to say exactly what we're doing. So let's just make up a word and go with that because we have to explain it anyway. Like that's how I take that joke and that comment. Um, Vowasai is a made up word for, for the listeners at home Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that, that has become out of joking around online and on a Slack channel that um, some of us share about um, yeah. Like that terms are, you know, and, and being in early childhood, this used to come up all the time, childcare versus daycare. And, and yeah, sometimes words matter. And in certain contexts, definitely you should be careful how you're presenting terms, but I think it's the explanation behind it and the practice of it that matters more than anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Stated eloquently. And from the Alliance of Self-Directed Education, we talked about, you've got, um, an event coming up, and I think it will be interesting to a lot of our listeners who are kind of on the edge right between school and um, not school or something other than school. And that event is called School's Not Working Now. School's Not Working Now What? Um, oh, and School's the- Not Working Now What? Now what? Yep. <laughs> that will be on Saturday, July 22nd from 1 to 2.30 
Eastern time. Um, and Damari Dickinson will be leading hosting that event. She's worked a lot with a lot of different families, but a lot of families on that cusp too. So yeah, we're really excited for that one, especially, I don't know, there's so much of that during the pandemic, so much of that support, but we're we're coming out of people keeping their kids out of school for pandemic reasons, and, but we want to continue the support of questioning school and finding new ways to be. Hmm, absolutely. I think that's important, important for our work here too, just even in our center supporting families who are in school to know that they have other options if they need it Mm -hmm. awesome thanks well everybody go check out um www.self-directed.org i know that off the top of my head (laughs) go there because they have so many resources and so many articles and things to think about and you can make your own decisions on what you want to call it but um thank you for explaining why asd has the term that they have and yeah. um Bria will definitely we'll have you back anytime you want to come back and anything you want to talk about. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been another episode of Out of Line. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.